Hello, friends, and welcome back to another Coffee Talk podcast episode. I am so excited for today's chat because it is being uploaded on a specific day for a specific reason. Now, you can join this chat at any time, but this is scheduled to go live on December 13th, which just so happens to be Taylor Swift's birthday. And yes, I did that on purpose. I actually checked the calendar when I was looking at my episodes and like my uploads for the rest of the year. And I was like, if December 13th, known as Taylor's birthday, falls on a Wednesday, which is usually when I aim, and I use the word aim on purpose, to upload my coffee talks. Now, they don't always make it out on Wednesdays. However, it is my goal to get ahead. And I'm hoping by this episode, I will be. I'm filming it quite a bit early. So editing me, get it together. It just made a whole lot of sense to sit down and have a chat about Taylor. Now, I've been a Swifty for a while. So I feel like I have, I have a pretty good, I feel like I'm an old sage and you know what? No, I'm not because I swear there are Swifties that know a lot more than me. I am part of like a long standing Swifty club. You know, I know that there's been a lot of new Swifties and the new Swifties are like, they are, they, they take it very seriously, like very, very seriously. I follow Taylor Swift Reddit and I'm starting to feel like the odd man in the Swifty club. Like, I feel like I don't know enough. Like, I'm naive. Like, I am, I don't know, out of touch, perhaps, when it comes to Taylor Swift knowledge and Taylor Swift facts and just things that people know and have put together and Easter eggs and furthermore. All that to say, I've been a fan of Taylor Swift. Since her debut album, it was my sister. I love that we have this this link, this tie as part of our, like, I don't know, our relationship in our timeline on earth, but it was actually my sister that showed me Taylor Swift. So huge shout out to my sister. She was on our family computer way back in the day that lived in our parents' room where you had to use things like dial-up. And I don't think dial-up was a thing at the time. I'm sure we had Wi-Fi by this point, but I just remember being in my parents' bedroom and my sister being like, look at this new song I found on LimeWire. And it was teardrops on my guitar. And I've been a fan ever since. My sister's been a fan ever since. And I've been there for every album. I peaked my like my super fandom, my super Swifty energy peaked during her Speak Now era. I was in high school. It was 2011 and 2010, 2011. Yeah, I was in a weird, a weird chapter of my teens where I felt very like I didn't have an identity. And so my identity literally became wanting to be Taylor Swift. Uh, I had a bedroom themed Taylor Swift. Actually, you know, it's hilarious. So you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home. And then there's a version of it where you have someone help you. You watch them do it the right way. And you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you 
I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Short story. I, I haven't even told you about my coffee. I haven't even told you about my nails. Okay, sorry. I dove right in today. But my so my childhood house the house that we grew up in when my parents split my mom did end up selling it but she took all of the things that we owned and kind of had them in storage for a long time like didn't go through it understandably it would be really hard if your family broke apart to like go through all your like things you know all the things that you've kept but she finally had to go through it this last year and she sent a box up of my things with my brother. And I went through it. It was actually in a vlog that I did for my membership club where I reacted to the box, opening it in real time like and going through it and just seeing this little collection or time capsule of who I used to be. But it was so funny because so much Taylor Swift paraphernalia, merchandise, things from like that era, the Speak Now era, the Red era, and just like how much how much of her merch I had is kind of insane. I can go grab it, but before I do that, please allow me to take a breath and formally let you in on today's drink and today's itinerary. So I am drinking out of my Taylor Swift mug today. This mug is on Amazon. You can also find it from quite a few little Etsy shops. And I made myself a decaf caramel latte because... I could be wrong about this. I'm literally going based on memory and it was probably a sponsorship anyways. So it's probably not the most accurate thing, but that apparently Taylor likes skinny caramel lattes. So this is just a normal caramel latte, but I made it with almond milk instead. My mug just has all of the Taylor Swift albums that look more like books with flowers growing out of them and a little kitty napping on top. Really cute. I am also in desperate need to do my nails. Like my nails are a tragedy right now. I have been wearing these Glamnetic. They are reusable press on nails, but these are the only ones that I kid you not actually stay on my hands and are worth just like a shortcut manicure. 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 Can't speak today. These are worth the shortcut to getting my nails done. Okay. And I can do them at home and they're easy to like maintain and they last two to three weeks. I've never really made them last three weeks, but I have made them last two weeks. So I'm going to do that after I drink my coffee. And while I drink my coffee, the last 
portion, the last little part of our itinerary of today's talk is I did post some stories to the Kaylin's Coffee Talk Instagram, which I should mention. If you watched the full episode, I have already done a full talk explaining my whole rebrand. And part of that rebrand was really owning and creating a, a, a true, like I guess, heartbeat under the energy and just the presence of my podcast. So I did switch the Co's Instagram and finalized it to Kaylin's Coffee Talk podcast. And over there, I'll be posting updates about coffee talks. I give opportunities for you guys to put in your input for things I'll talk about or ask you questions or ask me questions. So it's a really cool way to get involved in the talks if you'd like to. And I did post some stories today asking a couple different questions about Taylor Swift, asking you guys to pick which albums out of out of certain ones. I was kind of trying to, you know, light a little fire, get people a little angry by having to make some hard decisions this morning. And I also asked for some controversial Taylor Swift topics that we could talk about today. So if you're a Swifty, buckle up. It might be a long talk. Uh, before we dive in, I do want to, I just want to show you guys really quickly a little bit of proof, a little bit of, what's the word? The Taylor Swift artifacts I own. What would these be called? They're, it's This is like vintage Taylor Swift merch, okay? This is over 10 years old. So I didn't dig it all out. I just dug what I could get before losing my breath. I have the Taylor Swift limited edition CD poster, booklet, everything. Like this has full, full breakdowns, full pictures of the girl when she was young. Um, does this have a year on it? Executive producer, Scott Borchetta. Boo. I have the Taylor Swift Fearless Tour 2009-2010 book. I, did I go to the Fearless Tour? Fearless wasn't, I, I don't think I did go to Fearless. I'm pretty sure Speak Now was the first concert I ever went to for Taylor. And one of the questions that I did get on Instagram asked me if I had any cool stories from seeing Taylor Swift live. And I do actually. The very first time I ever saw Taylor Swift, my Nana and Papa got my sister and I tickets to go see her for Speak Now. Like I mentioned, this was the peak of my like love for Taylor Swift as a teenager, but and wanting to be her, like curling my hair like her, getting all this merch, putting her posters all over my bedroom, making my bedroom country themed because Taylor was country Taylor at that time. And I think too, like in reality, I, I went through a phase where I was kind of like a, a closeted Swifty. I was never closeted in the sense that like, if you knew me, you knew, you always knew I was a fan of Taylor Swift, but I wasn't very vocal about it to new people or like overly obnoxious about it online because I feel like there was, for two reasons. One, I think how hard I went for Taylor Swift as a teenager was a very good indicator of like my mental health at the time, but also too, and I feel for this for her. I mean, she's a billionaire. She does not need my sympathy or my pity. But I feel like a lot of the times, if you're a Swifty, especially as a girl or a woman, let me rephrase, a woman. If you're a woman and you're a Swifty, I feel like for a very, very long time, you almost kind of got written off as just being like, you know, kind of dumb, just being like a dumb, tasteless, vanilla, or what's the word, basic bitch because you like Taylor Swift and a lot of people didn't really know or appreciate her talent and it doesn't necessarily have to be her talent for singing which we could get into but the progression of her voice over the years has been incredible uh, even again having seen her go from speak now to watching the era's movie or just w even without the era's movie because you could say okay well editing well more recent uh, the last tour the last thing I went to was reputation 
but just seeing the power behind her voice. Like you can tell that she's definitely worked on what, what little bit that we can control when it comes to how good of singers we are. Some people are just born talented with voices of angels. Other people can have a strong voice and then through genuine practice, breath work, like working with vocal teachers, you can actually get down into your diaphragm. You can hold your voice. You can learn how to move past your like tension to hold back when you want to go for a high note. So it, she might not have been born with the most talented voice, but as a writer, like there is just no denying that as a songwriter, but just as a writer in general, she is super talented, super, super talented. And furthermore, it goes even past her talent for writing. It really goes into her business savvy as well. Her, her ability to be a mastermind, as she would call herself. Now, there can be a dark side to that, and we will talk about that today too, but I just wanted to take a little trip down memory lane. This is a 2013 Taylor Swift calendar. Just wanted to give you guys a bit of a backstory as a Swifty, and I will be honest, I feel like, I wouldn't say I feel left out of the Swifty fandom anymore, but my sister, my best friend and I, we have this like inside joke where we're just like, we're like kicked out of the Swifty clubs by all the new Swifties. And that is not in malice intent at all. It's like an inside joke because we feel like we are like old ladies learning about Taylor Swift from like the new young hip crowd, you know? And it's funny, but I also do, I feel like as much as I know about her, there's so much I don't know about her. And I said in my album reactions and such too, that I don't love to speculate. I think speculating on a lot of someone's private life can be very invasive and it can also start a lot of rumors about somebody. However, I am willing today to, to, I don't know, put on the tinfoil hat and give you my, my interpretation and what I gauge from her. But we all have to keep in mind that nobody, nobody actually really knows Taylor Swift personally. I mean, most of us don't. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you don't. A lot of the times things that we just put together or assume, or even if we're trying to like understand the Easter eggs, it's still partly our own projection. So, I mean, I love listening to her songs and wondering who the hell they're about or who would have inspired such magic. And I come up with my own theories that make it fun, or sometimes I just don't like to think about it so that I can have my own story to the song. But yeah, I'm willing to share a few of those today. But just so it's been said and it's been known, it is full speculation, and I do it with love. I do it with love. Okay, I need to start soaking my hands to get the last few nails that I have on off. So please forgive me for being so extra right now. And I am now going to pull up the things that I asked you guys about Taylor, because we're going to dive in. The first story I posted was ask me any Taylor related question or topic starter. I'm going to avoid any of the like controversial conspiracy questions just because there is a second chance to get into those types of things later on in a further story. I'm just going to go with kind of more generic, basic, fun questions. A couple of these are asking like the first song that ever made me fall in love with Taylor's music or how long I've been a Swifty and I've already gone over those. Someone asked me my top three favorite songs and I refuse because they changed like I change my underwear daily because it really depends on my mood. It depends on the energy of the day. It depends on the stage of life I'm going through. So my top three favorite songs change often. The top three that come to mind would be like style, cowboy like me, and you're on your own kid. But I mean, if you asked me again tomorrow, three different songs would come to my brain. 
Has her style and looks ever affected yours? And I did kind of mention this, but yeah, I, I used to try and dress like Taylor Swift for sure. Now I would say no, I'm not really, her vibe and my vibe are actually very, very different. I feel like in an alternate timeline where Taylor Swift is somehow a regular day-to-day human being and we met and we became friends, we would like compliment each other in terms of our styles, our vibes, our personalities, our aesthetics, but we wouldn't mirror each other. Actually, I feel like those are the best kind of friends to have because you become like you get to be your own person, your own identity, have your own like style, your own niche, your own like energy, your own vibe. And then you meet somebody else or you make friends with somebody else that has their own full encapsulated vibe, identity, aesthetic, whatever. And then when you come together, those two things like merge and it, it just takes, it's almost like it makes me think of two aura colors coming together and creating a bigger aura where there's like, you can see both colors, but then you can also see where the colors overlap. Does that make sense? I know it sounds like I'm on mushrooms right now. I promise you I'm not. Let's say your aura is pink and you meet a friend and for whatever reason, their aura comes off as like blue. But when you hang out together, there's still the pink and there's still the blue, but then there's this nice lavendery purple in the middle because your colors are like meshing. Yeah, that's a really long-winded way to say that no longer does her style or looks really affect mine. Um, I couldn't rock bangs. I've She's more of a cat girl. I'm more of a dog girl. I like her style, but I wouldn't wear the outfits she wears. And I don't think she'd wear the outfits I do. So I also couldn't afford to wear the outfits that she wears. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. 
We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Someone's asked, okay, this comes back to the fan thing. Do you keep up with all the little Easter eggs that she drops? I did. I still kind of do to an extent. If I'm honest with you and I'm speaking freely and I'm not holding back, I think the Easter egg thing is getting a little out of hand. I feel like, and maybe people are just kind of having fun with it, but my algorithms know that I'm a Swifty and I also follow Taylor Swift Reddit. So all this to say, I see a lot of content about Taylor Swift and a lot of Swifties content. And I feel like the Easter egg thing is getting out of hand. Like just even, what was it? I think it was people were expecting a reputation drop like right after 1989. And don't get me wrong. I would have loved that. People were upset when reputation TV didn't happen. And this all boiled down to like people putting Easter eggs together that don't exist. And Again, I don't mean this in a rude way, but I've seen Easter egg speculation where someone's like, if you put the numerology of 13 with the amount of letters in the last song or the 13th song of this album, it creates the number 26. And on the 26th of this date, when she was 26, she said this, which means we're getting this at this time. And it's just like, I don't disagree that Taylor Swift is a mastermind. I don't think she regrets doing the Easter egg thing, but I think that it is getting, it's getting a little out of hand. And I would say that I keep up with the very obvious Easter eggs, but even then I kind of like being surprised sometimes. I like finding out about the Easter eggs in hindsight. I find it hard to keep up with like the Easter eggs today because I feel like it's, it's hard to differentiate the real Easter eggs from like sorry, but this is what comes to mind, the rotten eggs or the made up eggs, you know? What song do you relate most to? And again, I feel like that changes through different times. Uh, This last year, I really, really bonded with the song, You're On Your Own Kid. And not the whole song at large, it really is the chorus and the final bridge. It makes me emotional when I listen to it. Um, (laughs) It's making me emotional to think about it now. But it's literally, I I feel that way internally. My experience on the planet has very much been that I've been on my own for a very long time, that I'm still in a lot of ways, like I will always, and it for deep reasons that we don't need to get into today, but I will always feel this need to take care of myself. And like, I always have had to take care of myself. So yeah, when I heard You're On Your Own Kid, it was like right after losing Ryan's mom, who I really also bonded with. And it just felt like this it was this beautiful just reminder that like you're on your you're on your own but like you can face this you can do this there's nothing to be afraid of make the friendship bracelets enjoy your fucking life like take good care of yourself you're on your you're on your own but you're fine you're fine because you're on your own just go out stop worrying go enjoy your life like that's how i took that song i'm kind of i'm kind of getting to the point now where i'm ready to move past you're on your own kid i'm ready for new music if i'm honest Cassidy asks, did you prefer being a Taylor Swift fan while she was unknown and not well-liked versus now that everyone was obsessed with her? And I would say, no, not necessarily. I feel like, like I mentioned, liking her back then, you got kind of judged for liking Taylor Swift, which is so stupid. But now it's cool to like Taylor Swift. The only thing that sucks about it now, I would say, is that 
I can't get Eras tickets or couldn't get Eras tickets because so many people like Taylor Swift that I feel like as an OG Swifty, I'm a little bit like, how can we use AI to prioritize your OG fans that have invested in your career up until this point? Which is silly. I know that that's just like my own, my own fight or flight response to like a competition or like a battle for tickets. But yeah, that's the only thing that sucks about it now is she's got so many fans that we're all fighting for just a little, little piece of her magic. And I just really want to go to the Eras tour, but it's fine. I don't currently have tickets. That is also a common question as well. But my 30th birthday is in February. And like I said, I am not afraid to treat myself. I'm not afraid to take care of myself. So worst case scenario, I will eventually get tickets. I just am trying to be strategic about it. Are you a karma truther or denier? I feel like that kind of starts to border into controversial side of Taylor, which we will get to. Honestly, I'll, I'll move this along. I hope you guys don't mind that this is going to just be a really long Taylor Swift chat today. Let me know if you enjoy it or if you would have preferred it to be a bit more condensed and concise. Uh, I feel like I had to squeeze a lot into one hangout today um, because it's not like this is going to be the epitome of my channel, but this is my first little dip into a little bit more of pop culture topics. So I, yeah, I just, what was I even getting at there? Oh, karma truther or denier. My actual belief, what I would assume to be what went down is that karma became one of those Easter eggs that went way too far or got too far. And so when she was creating Midnight's, she put a song called Karma on Midnight's almost as like a little cheeky like wink towards knowing that that became a rumor, but also to let it die, perhaps to let it go. The only other conspiracy that I've read that I think would be a really cool alternative would be that like reputation was originally meant to be called karma or that reputation, much like folklore, had a sister album, much like Evermore, called karma that she did not release. Like I We'll never forget the picture that was released of Taylor and Drake. In fact, I made a whole playlist vibe and aesthetic off of this picture because at the time I was a huge Drake fan and I was living in Toronto and I was just like the vibe of these two together. Yes. And, and there was like speculation that they were making music. And at the same time, they were both not really doing well with Kanye. And I feel like there probably was something that we didn't get. Although I just don't know if it's like a full album or if she kind of like broke it down and then called it reputation instead of calling it karma, which would have made it about the other person. She called it reputation, which would have made it more about her and like what that did to her reputation. One of the questions is, uh, what era do you resonate the most with and why? And it's so funny. I remember living in Toronto and being on Larissa's balcony, one of my really good friends, and this was pre-Midnight's, pre-Lover, pre, this was literally just like post-rep. And her and I talking about how anytime Taylor Swift releases an album, it almost like starts a new era for ourselves. And even going back on the albums, I feel like is almost like revisiting old chapters of life. Like when she released that music, what was going on in my life? So I wouldn't say that I over-identify with any of the eras. In fact, I feel like each album reminds me of a different chapter of my life. But if we're talking about the energy of the music and the aesthetic of the album and like my energy right now, and I guess my, my life right now, it makes most sense that I'm in my Evermore era. And I 
I'm good with that. I actually really love that. I feel like I've been in my Evermore era since moving here. I don't think I'll be leaving my Evermore era anytime soon, but I do love to, you know, take a little dip to the city or I would love the idea of going on little trips in the future, doing some travel that might allow me to dress and, you know, go into an energy that's very different and a different type of era that if we were to use Taylor Swift chapters to describe could be like a 1989 era, maybe go on a little trip to New York or to Toronto or wherever. But I love being in my, my Evermore era or maybe even debut, but I, I debut because I just rebranded everything under my own name as well. So debut and Evermore, those are my current eras. So the next few stories, I forced everybody to choose between two albums that in my eyes went well together or paired well together in terms of choosing favorites. The very first one is Folklore and Evermore. These two are very much one in my mind. However, if I'm really going to divide them into like aesthetics or even seasons, Folklore is summer, fall. And Evermore is winter spring. And I feel like that also coincides with when she uploaded those or downloaded or sorry, released those albums. Clearly I've been working with too much content lately, but if I have to choose one based on the songs, which was really, really hard to do because I feel like folklore has a couple songs that really stand out to me as as top contenders, top favorites, and also songs that really got me through some very, very dark times. But if I'm going on the whole album, the album as a whole, the songs that I liked more or I like more of existed on Evermore. Like I like, I skipped less on Evermore. I didn't skip much on Folklore, but I don't think I've ever really skipped much of anything on Evermore. So Evermore is my favorite, but Folklore won by 68% and Evermore got 32%. Pick the best of Red. Her reputation. I'm a reputation person. I this is crazy because again, for a very, very long time, Red was my top favorite album of Taylor Swift. But as I've grown, I, again, it comes down to like I like more songs on Reputation. And like Red has a couple that stand out to me and are very, very high contenders. But again, reputation for sure. Pick your favorite of Midnights or 1989, which is such a mean question. But again, I think it really does come down to Midnight's feels like the older sister to 1989. And I feel like I relate more to Midnight's as an older sister than I do to 1989. And so I love 1989. I love the energy. I love the songs. I love the vault tracks. But I feel like my life and just me in general, I just, I just, I relate a lot more and I, I vibe harder to Midnight's. And so the last story I posted is, what are your unpopular opinions of Taylor that you've read, seen, or felt that I can discuss? And I opened that up because I feel like it is also very common when you become a, a, a fan of somebody to almost get tunnel vision about that somebody. And, you know, nobody, again, comes back to none of us actually really know Taylor. And so in my mind, I definitely idolize her. I appreciate her music. Uh, I appreciate like how in in through her music she's been there for me many times in my life, but it is very parasocial to believe that I know of her to the extent that I would you know have her back if she were to do stupid shit. And we're all human. Every human will do stupid shit. We all do. Like nobody is Scott. Nobody gets off scot free because you don't come to the planet a perfect human. You come to the planet a flawed human, and hopefully through those flaws 
through those mistakes, we learn, we evolve, we become better people, right? You hope. So that's not to say she hasn't or to hint that she hasn't. I definitely do have my like bones to pick, I would say. Not unpopular, but curious about your thoughts on Travis and Taylor. I genuinely, to the core of my being, want to believe. I want to believe. I'm a hopeless romantic. I want to believe that even though this could have been very serendipitously great PR for both of them, I want to let the hopeless romantic take the wheel and believe that it is real, that it also just serendipitously happened to be that they clicked and they got on really well and that they fell in love and that they are in love and that their values align and the things they want out of life align and almost like in a sense their levels of of success align so nobody's feeling threatened, nobody's feeling undermined, nobody's feeling like they need to dull themselves or that they need to like puff themselves up. I just, I really want to believe it's real. Uh, However, none of us know. No one will ever know. It also would make a lot of sense given the timing, given the publicity of it, that It could also be almost like the broom to sweep some not-so-great PR under the rug from earlier this year, i.e. Matt Healy. So it's tough. It's like, I'm going to let the the hopeless romantic in me win until I know otherwise. But I'm not naive to think that it doesn't also make sense the other way. That it's really, really good PR to make up for a little bit of like a a post-breakup bad decision, (laughs) which we've all done. We've all done that. It just sucks when you're that famous, your post breakup messes will be for the, for the court of public opinion to judge. So you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, unpopular opinion that she dates and dumps to get inspiration for her songs. I think that's a... That's kind of like a a duh. If someone were to say that, which by the way, anybody that input these things, it wasn't necessarily what they feel, just what they've read, seen, or perhaps felt. That was also a cop out so that anyone writing, I wouldn't just assume this is how they felt. Uh, I think that given the fact that she is very motivated for love, that she has been very open about that and clearly seems to enjoy herself when she's dating and is very much like she seems like she wants to again going off of her lyrics you know be in love and settle down and find her home in someone else in another soul 
I feel like it would make sense that she would date and that not everybody will be right. And so, yeah, again, there will be dumps. There will be, there will be breakups. And I don't think she does it for inspiration. I think she uses it as inspiration, which again, duh, that's what she does for a living. Right. So yeah, I think that's like a really weak, a weak unpopular opinion of what I would guess to be somebody that if whoever would say something like that, like she dates and dumps just to like get new music or get new material, I would think that's a little misogynistic there because that undermines like her talent for her music and also just like undermines her choices, which again, haven't always been the greatest, but in terms of men, but yeah, I definitely don't, don't understand that. That's an interesting, I would allow someone to debate it for me. I would love to, but yeah, you wouldn't sell me on that one. Oh, okay. This is a good one. This is one that I've thought about a lot too. Someone says, I love her, but the multiple albums for each release party does feel like a money grab, but I still love getting to pick my color. I'll never buy all of them though. And I'm going to answer this one because again, this one pops up a couple times too of like the, the way that the merchandise is released and done is very uh, like high consumerism, not eco-friendly, not environmentally friendly in the slightest. And oh my gosh, we could also have a full discussion on her merch because as someone that like has made merch and has definitely made cringy merch in my past. Um, so I am not saying this as a way to be like, to like look down on Taylor's merch or anything. It's just more so that like, I feel as I kept creating merch, I kept learning about like, oh, not everybody wants to wear merchandise that just has like a logo and a big, you know, and or someone's face. Some people do, but I do feel like as someone of her caliber, her merchandise falls short for me a lot, a lot. I feel like the quality um, and the choices are very interesting. They're very, very print per order, which is like, again, I have a background in that. I understand how that print per order merchandise works. It just, it's just interesting. Like if someone like Taylor Swift could literally come up with her entire own clothing line if she wanted to, maybe she just doesn't want to. That's very fair. But even to come up with like a clothing line with her lyrics on it, instead of like, I don't know, some of the things I've seen. So this is all coming back to the like multiple colors for different things. I love that you said that you love being able to pick your color. You'll never buy any of them because that is kind of, I guess, the devil's advocate for what she does is that nobody's being forced to purchase all of these items. And I do hope it is like a print per order situation where if the order comes in, then they manufacture that thing, at least for the clothes. I hope that's the case because I know that like albums and such might be a bit different, but I agree in the sense that a lot of the times there is a lot of like, what? <laughs> behavior when it comes to the merchandise, how it's released, like the collectibles that you have to buy them all, but you're also buying like multiples of the same album. It it doesn't make sense. But again, like it, it does make me think of my dad has always been a musician. He's always been passionate about music and he's had certain artists that he has loved his whole life. So when I think about my dad and like the Beatles, if the Beatles did something like that back in the day when he was like, you know, when the Beatles were in their prime and he was younger, would he have worked hard to like buy certain things from the Beatles? Probably. I think we just live in a very high consumerism state now, whereas like the Beatles probably wouldn't have done a clock of the same album, but they would have done something. You know, it's just that we've evolved to, and capitalism has evolved to a place and consumerism has evolved to a place where we're just so willy nilly to like make things just for the sake of making them and buy things for the sake of buying them and have them for the sake of having them and then get over them really quickly, which is really sad. 
Does it feel like a money grab? Yes. Do I sometimes actually believe that a lot of the times there's a little bit of energy that seems to course through the way that like fans are treated when it comes to merch and tickets and other things, or it's kind of like dogs for a bone, which I was talking about with one of my friends, Larissa, who's also a Swifty fan. It is, it does turn me off a little bit sometimes. I won't lie. And this also does lead into, and there have been a couple questions as well about her like use of the private jets and her disregard for the environment. I would agree agree to a certain extent that again it comes down to like the consumerism the quality that things are being made I have not done the research to know where her merch is made and how it's made uh, I really do hope she does use like ethical manufacturers and people that are paid fair wages and have good working conditions I hope that this isn't something that's like done in a sketchy way overseas where people are not paid and not taken care of and not treated well, especially if these are women or mothers or children, should not ever be children. Let's go back to it hopefully just being women, mothers, or even men, but people that are trying to feed their families or just take care of themselves or, you know, survive being able to feed themselves even. I really hope that's not the case. So that's again me giving the benefit of the doubt until I find out differently or unless I find out differently. So yeah, that's just, that's obviously a first disclaimer that should be important. Someone, again, of her power, of her means, and her riches should be able to choose and, and also lead. Like, look at how much she has led in the music industry. Like, let's lead in other ways too, you know? Like, let's choose to show more ethical practices in the other business lanes we take. Uh, but this also, again, comes back down to, and again, I can understand this, not that I am justifying it, but just that if she were to use more ethical practices, if she is using more ethical practices, that would raise the price of her merchandise. So she's also has to gauge like what can her average listener, her average de demographic, what can they afford to buy? So this is like a another conversation for another time. It is a really, really interesting dynamic in the world of consumer goods. So I hope and you know, pray and want to live in a world where there never has to be unfair practices to create products that are actually affordable for the common person. I would, I, I'll leave it at that. Um, the private jet thing is also interesting because again, it sucks when as like a, an average daily human, you're just like, well, that was like a painful laugh. You're just like trying so hard to not use Ziploc bags and, you know, to thrift a bit more and use secondhand and reuse things and like recycle and wash out your recycling so the recycling people actually take it. And then there's just people flying a private jet all over the planet that is like one ride on that private jet did more damage than like the little bit that you've tried actually, you know, did. Um, if you're wondering my stance or curious my stance on that, the reason why I still hold dear to my practices or do my best, I'm not always perfect, but do my best is because I think that the way that we move within the world isn't about what other people are doing. And even if what they do causes, you know, havoc for us all, I think it really does come down to karma <laughs> and like the way you move through the world and the choices you make and the values you stand by. And furthermore, not just stand by them, but live by them, like the choices you make and how they interact with your imprint on the planet. I just think that there is always reason to still practice those things, to practice your values and your beliefs and your morals, regardless of what other people are doing so. So like, I guess that's kind of me saying like, don't jump off a bridge if someone else does. 
just because someone cool jumps off a bridge doesn't mean that they wouldn't, you know, cause damage to themselves or to others. I don't know how we're getting with this metaphor, but at the same time, I can also hold the token that Taylor Swift is somebody that has to have very, very high security. So I can understand why she isn't going to take a commercial plane. I can understand that she's also, given her tour, given her like level of success and the amount of projects that she is involved in, that she does need to be multiple places a lot of the time. So she does have to fly around quite a bit. So again, I can hold both of those things to be true. I would just, I, I don't know Taylor Swift. I don't get the vibe from her that she really does prioritize that very much. And I think if she did, if I'm really honest, I think it would be because she's getting pushback on it. I really don't think it would necessarily be authentic. It never has seemed to be like a big thing or care for her. Um, and that's, I'm not going to say that that's fine. I just like, I, I wouldn't, she's human, you know, I, I can't expect her to be perfect. I would love for her to be, but like, I remember learning when my parents weren't perfect. Like it's, it's this, it's not the same, but it's the lesson that you learn that people, no matter who they are, no matter how much you look up to them are flawed. They're human and hopefully they're trying as long as they're trying to evolve. So yeah, I think both of those things can be true. Slut shaming for dating the same amount of people most of us do. Yeah, I find this to be super interesting as well, because I think that it's just another way to almost disregard her and to minimize her or belittle her or make her seem like it's just it's just misogyny. And it sucks because, again, there's a lot of nuance in there. There's a lot we could pick apart in there. I just think that it's another way to almost make a woman who has by her own right, become very, very powerful to take away a little bit of her power and make her feel like she's done something bad or should make herself feel a bit more small. And I think it's super messed up. Super messed up. Okay, so I feel like I have to address the... I don't have to, but I'm going to because there's one of the most common things that I'm getting asked to talk about, specifically in like the unpopular opinions or controversial opinions is to address Taylor's sexuality and certain friendships that have created rumors around Taylor's sexuality. And what I'll say is I think it is really inappropriate to speculate about someone's sexuality. I think that it, it is hard because, again, I can hold the nuance that when someone is famous and actively chooses to be famous, I think Taylor Swift loves being famous and I think she does a lot of things that are very much like doing what she's meant to do as someone of fame, right? I just think that this is so weird because I'm like, I feel like this is like addressing such a weird dynamic in human behavior. But just because she is famous, just because she writes songs, just because she leaves Easter eggs does not mean that I think she's giving people the permission to speculate about something that she has never once said herself or claimed or owned herself. And I think that that can do a lot of damage as well. I understand also on the other side why people would want that, why, why a lot of people might like her music more if she did come out as bisexual or as a lesbian or somewhere in the LGBTQ community. Like I, I do understand that as well. But again, that kind of almost seems like, like I know I do this. When I listen to Taylor Swift music, I project myself into it. I project my own experience, my own story into the songs. And then I want that to be the true storyline. Like I think I know who she wrote a certain song about because that relationship reflects a similar relationship or dynamic in a relationship that I had. So if I find out that song wasn't written about that person, it is like a little bit like it hurts because then I'm like, wait, it's changing the song for me, you know? So I think that we have to be able to separate 
the human and the being from the music and the art and allow ourselves to take the art and make it our own and interject our own stories and, you know, take it where you want to take it. Even if in your own La La Land, like I have a full La La Land of what Taylor and Harry's relationship was, but the reality is I have no idea, no idea. I listened to her lyrics and I draft up these like really nice scenarios of like crazy places they were and like things that they did because it makes the song more interesting. But that does not mean, and I, I love Harry Styles, like I would, but I mean, I wouldn't now, but if like I was single, I would. And so this is all just to say that it doesn't make it true, you know? And I think that to speculate on something so personal would be, it just wouldn't, it's not what I'm about. And I was willing to speculate a little bit about some fun things today, like, but I won't, I can't, I just don't think that that's right. And I feel like I will let Taylor lead when it comes to her telling the world who she is. I will not assume I know her better than herself. So, and that's not a kick to anybody that might believe that theory. That's just like, that's just where I stand. There are also some questions coming in about Matt Healy. And I have, I have thoughts. I have speculations. I, I, I don't think that they would be harmful to share. So just give me one second. Let me just. I thought Ryan just walked in and I was about to be like because I just wrapped a tinfoil hat. I just literally made a tinfoil hat for myself in case you're listening today. I know I just said that I don't like to speculate and I normally don't. And I normally like wouldn't share if I do speculate because I, again, I'm sharing this publicly and I don't mean to, I just don't think that this is a harmful speculation. I just want to take a little trip down Matt Healy lane for a second because that happened this year and we're closing out this year. You know, it's end of December. I'm ready to leave it in the past, but I'm, I just want to just because I, I also got a couple questions where people were asking, first and foremost, like, how can you still be a Swifty because she dated Matt Healy, who is known to be X, Y, and Z, or to have done X, Y, and Z? I would say have done X, Y, and Z personally. And this might, again, this might be controversial. We have entered controversy. Contro- Wait, no, it's, that's conspiracy. God, <laughs> forgive me. We have entered the space where we can get here, right? I hope so. So I think it's super interesting. And actually somebody that I think worded this really, really well, the Swiftologist, also known as Zach, made a really good point when it came to Matt Healy, that it's very interesting how people almost like hold Taylor accountable for Matt Healy's choices, which I think is super interesting and says a lot about our culture at large. However, she still has to own her own choice to date Matt Healy. I don't think someone like Matt Healy, which was heartbreaking for me, by the way, like I was a huge The 1975 fan. I don't know where I stand on the line of separating someone's art from the person. Like it gets tough. It gets a little weedy. However, again, I I also hold space for allowing people to have their beliefs should they do no harm with those beliefs. There are beliefs that do harm, especially when you verbalize them and you create narratives that can create really harmful stereotypes and harmful belief systems and almost like, I guess, encourage people that are going to be harmful to do harm. But it really, it all comes back to Taylor having to own the choice that she made to be with Matt Healy 
knowing that he probably exhibited some of those behaviors and his personality in other ways that would have been picked up on if you spent a decent amount of time with the guy. I listened to the 1975 like religiously in 2016 the 1975 got me through a really dark depression so like it was very hard for me to find all of these things out about Matt Healy and people did not hold back they dug deep for him and I know that that's a little weird it, it does again breach the topic of it does breach the topic of cancel culture, which again is another topic for another time and something that I don't necessarily have a strong stance on. I think it, cancel culture can be really fucked up, but I also understand why it exists and why sometimes people really do need to be held accountable. Um, so not today's topic because this is already such a long talk today, long hangout today. But what it does boil down to, my conspiracy, if you will, my tinfoil hat, is that Taylor went through a really hard time, a really hard time. And again, I don't like to, the other thing that people, I've noticed some comments have speculated on and have brought up are the idea that she possibly had a miscarriage because she, because of songs like Better, Bigger Than the Whole Sky. And even, I didn't even put this together when I listened to it and thank God I didn't because it would have destroyed me. But the idea that you're losing me has almost like connotations of a relationship that has gone through something like a miscarriage. Thank God I didn't put that together like with the heartbeat and, you know, losing things like the air is filled with loss and indecision. I also don't like to speculate on that because even if she did, that is devastating. That is heartbreaking. If she wanted people to know, she would let them know. Uh, and if she's not directly letting it be known or like making that an Easter egg, if she, but she is expressing her experience and possibly using metaphors that could correlate to someone having that experience, I don't like to speculate on that because I think that that is horrible if she went through it. And if she didn't go through it, I think it's horrible to speculate that. Because she has, like, from the Miss Americana documentary, has mentioned how she wants to be a mom. And so, you know, again, this is where we're veering far off the lane. I think it all comes back to it is possible. It is possible she went through a really, really hard time. I don't know what that hard time was, but obviously went through a really hard breakup. It sounds like, again, in the lands of conspiracy, which I don't mean to speculate, but it does sound like based on the songs that perhaps her relationship with Joe was very rocky and very like on again, off again, um, and that there were things that she wasn't getting. It did sound really heartbreaking. Like Midnight Rain makes a lot more sense now. There's so much, a lot of songs in hindsight make a lot more sense now. Should they be about Joe? I think that breakup hurt her. From the way that things were kind of coming about in PR during the Joe breakup, I feel like she wanted to, I think she can be a little petty. I think as much as she's a mastermind, I think that she can also be impulsive at times, especially when she's like fired up. She's a fire sign. She's a Sag, not to make it about astrology, but it's a really, really great metaphor or like symbolism for what I'm talking about right now. Like I think her energy, when she feels wronged, it's really fiery and she fires back quick and I think that for whatever reason she felt wronged by Joe or maybe you know she found I, I from what I heard she found out through PR that he officiated their breakup like publicly and I think that hurt her and I think that she wanted in a way to get back at him it's it's very much the equivalent what I imagine it to be like in today's world where you see a couple go through a breakup and it is very common for one or both partners to go on a little bit it, it might seem messy, but also it could be a little bit like rubbing life in their face a little bit. So it became very public, her and Matt Healy, very quickly. And from what I can see, Swiftologist made a good point about this too. She had nothing to gain from being with Matt Healy, like literally nothing. Um, aside from maybe the fact that there are both like musical icons in their own right, or he was, 
before it came out about who he is as a person, but like the 1975 is known for making amazing alternative music and for good reason. Their music is really good. It sucks to say. I mean, their newer stuff I've never really taken to, but their older stuff, a couple of songs from the new ones, but some older albums, Oof, robbers, holy shit. So I think that perhaps my conspiracy is that her and Matt Healy have been known to have connected years past, years ago. And I think that maybe they had like a steamy hookup or something, you know, possibly, I don't know. This is, this is my fan fiction. Okay. And then She's gone about her life. He's gone about his life. He's kind of messy. And that's, it's, he's like the messy bad boy, but he's not even a hot messy bad boy, which is the thing that sucks about it. At least from my perspective, he's not hot. Um, I've never found him hot. I think he's just, he's kind of got that like vibe, you know, that bad boy artist vibe. I'm sure maybe he could be charming or have that allure that's a little bit dangerous, which could be enticing, especially if you just came out of a very, very long relationship that was very, very safe, very, very private, um, and very predictable. And so my conspiracy, my fan fiction, is that that was her rebound, her very much like bad boy, I just, I don't care, I'm gonna do what I want, because I do think that with the Eras tour, and in just in general, her comeback, like, People were kind of thinking she was going to phase out, that she was like kind of done. Like even with Lover, Lover album didn't really hit that hard and Folklore Evermore hit as hard as they did, I think because of the genres they were in and because of the time they were released. Like I really do feel like Folklore and Evermore were the most raw, the most, the most like soft, the most vulnerable in a way, not necessarily, yeah, kind of actually, the most vulnerable that we've gotten of Taylor in her music. I think that sense of introspection from the things like the pandemic allowed her to create this pocket of music that we were all in a way too also doing a lot of introspection. So I think that that, like that is always gonna be my favorite Taylor era. Like, wow, I didn't even really realize it until I said it, but I just, I loved that. I loved those sister albums. I loved Taylor and her folklore evermore. I also love to see her shine and dazzle and, you know, do her thing now too. But with the Eras tour, I feel like she wanted to be like, just so you know, I still got it. And I'm glad she has, but I think that that kind of fed in a little bit too. Like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. No one's going to stop me. And I think that Matt kind of like the ego kind of maybe grew a little bit with that. The breakup, obviously, the wounds, and just like also again the the wanting possible allure of danger made her go on a little bit of like a a situationship with him and i think that yeah i think as things came out maybe even i hope she was surprised again i'm i'm giving her a lot of grace to hope that she was surprised by the things that did come out about him things that he like words from his own mouth things he chose to say and do and I hope that the breakup was like a genuine, oh, I'm going to sit back and reflect and give this person a chance to show me if they understand what's being said about them, if they understand why it's wrong, and if they understand that there's they need to grow, that they need to learn. Because that's where I think cancel culture does get toxic. Because again, the difference is how he reacts and how he owns and how he learns from his Egregiences—is that the word? Grievances. <laughs> I don't know words today. Um, his choices, his his very, very, very disturbing thoughts that he shared with his mouth, with his words, with his brain. Like I hope that that happened. And when she saw, oh, maybe that actually is who this person is, she called it off. However, 
much like the Travis Kelsey situation. I can also, I can also see how it also partly, again, it was just like, it makes, she had to make it a public, I'm not associated with that person anymore. Um, regardless of whether or not she did that because, and I hope she did, because she realized that that person wasn't a person that was looking to grow and understand their biases and understand their, the holes in their empathy and their understanding of like the full human race being interconnected that, you know, whether it's gender or race or anything of that matter does not bring somebody to be above or below another person. And to, again, again, I'm getting into my own like, like fucking virtue signaling over here, but just like if he isn't that person that I just think that, I just hope that that was an awakening moment for her that maybe she wasn't seeing it because she was only thinking about herself. And then when she saw it, it was like she got the ick, genuinely got the ick and left. And that Travis Kelsey is real. That's where I'm leaving, leaving it at. That's my conspiracy. And I think that's a good place to leave it today. So that is my chat on Taylor Swift. Do I think she's got more music coming for us? Yes. I've read somebody, I don't know the source, so I don't know if it's true, but I've read somebody say that Taylor Swift has said that she wants to release as much music as humanly possible. My own theories that I've I've never like publicly shared or necessarily took from anywhere, like I haven't seen these theories and been like, that makes sense. My theory is that she's going to make 13 albums because I, I just feel like, again, mastermind energy would be to make 13 albums and, you know, stop there. I hope she doesn't. I hope she keeps going. Um, I also had theories that her and Joe were secretly married tree pain don't come for me. I never actually said they were. I just thought that that would have been a very cute backstory prior to the breakup. Um, now that we know more about the dynamic of their relationship, it does, again, in hindsight, going back on some of the music, even her love songs for Joe do seem a little melancholy. Like it is interesting. Invisible string is probably like the happiest Joe or maybe anything on reputation, but yeah, I just, um, I do hope we keep getting more music from Taylor. I am so excited for the Reputation Vault tracks. Hello. That is going to be... I, I almost wonder if, again, too, the reason why Reputation has been last and spaced out isn't just because of it being one of the most important albums for her reputation and for her reclaiming her power in a, to an extent, reclaiming the storyline to the extent, but also because revisiting Reputation would be revisiting like the start of her and Joe and a lot of just like that time in her life, which was very pivotal. There's also a lot of things that I did not get to today. So I uploaded this on this date because it is Taylor's birthday. But if you did enjoy today's talk, if you want to have another Swifty conversation, I'll space it out. But I would be happy to go through more because people are asking questions about like, do you think she's only a feminist when it works for her? Or do you think that she's always the victim? Which I don't, by the way, I don't believe in either of those things. But I feel like I've been talking a lot today. So I'm going to close it down here. If you want to talk about this more, let me know. I can do an extra episode, a bonus episode, something along those, those lines. And also, if you have any conversations that are more of this genre, you know, I love talking about my philosophy, my books, my deep meanings of the world, but I also do in my friends and day-to-day -day conversation, like talking about what's going on, just like on a, on a little bit of like a interesting, let's observe, let's reflect, let's talk about it and like actually do bring it down to philosophy or like someone's character, or like the humanity of a 
person. Are there other topics that we could go through? And without further ado, I will leave you here, sending you a one sip left of my cold coffee and a cheers, and I will talk to you guys all in the next coffee talk. Bye, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.